You're listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church. Good morning, good morning. Didn't want to change any, anything else changed, so we had to go with the breakfast of champions. Well, praise the Lord, all you people. So good to be here. So good to see all of you. Um, I would ask you how you're doing, but I'm afraid you might tell me. Is everybody okay? Man, man, man. Well, I'm going to make a few announcements this morning, and then I'm going to speak on crossing a troubled sea out of the Gospels. And um, first of all, I hope all of you watched Andy and I last week. Um, I have a very interesting history of my own. My One of my great-great-aunts was the first, one of the very first um, female missionaries to Egypt. She actually died there at 39 years old. Both her children died there. And she became a missionary because her brother died fighting for the South in the Civil War. And I'm saying all of this this morning just to say how complicated some of these relationships are. But um, we believe God's healing our land, healing um, these racial divides. And we, we believe that. We stand for that. And um, I think in the final analysis, it's going to be way more about what you do than what you say on social media. And um, I don't think there's any question about that. But welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome live streamers. We got so, I was a live streamer a minute ago. I was double dipping, which was pretty exciting. Um, and we'll continue to live stream each week if you're not yet comfortable gathering for the service or if you're a high-risk category concerning the virus, you can join us from home. And kids are screaming, and I'm just loving it. Donna said to me the other day, you know, sometimes having children in the meeting bother you, and I said, it's only when I don't have much to say. <laughs> Oh, gosh. But we're doing these for 45 minutes um, because until we have children's ministry again, we want the kids in here. We want families, and we're just so glad to be here. Now, as concerns the offering, listen, you guys supported the church just like nothing was going on, maybe even some throwing in extra. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for that. We are, and it says a lot about you. It says a lot about you. I'm proud. I can say that honestly. Thank you so much. I enjoy eating. And um, <laughs> as does the rest of our, our crew. So, um, If you would like to give this morning, you can do so from your phone. You can do it from home, actually. You can text QCC Giving to 77977 and follow the prompts. Or you can go to our website queencity.church, um, select giving. Once again, follow the prompts there. Now, everyone, we're wanting you to exit through these double doors after the service just to sort of do a continuum here. Uh, we're going to actually sanitize the seats once you leave for the next service. 
we're just trying to do the best we can to do what we can to keep people healthy. Um, This crowd doesn't seem particularly scared. Nevertheless, wisdom must prevail. So if you exit that way, and they're also offering buckets up here on the front speaker. Okay, good. And um, by the exit door and back by the sound booth, and you can get your envelopes there. So next. Is that good? Everybody okay? All right. Um, I've got to keep my eye on the time. I told John Mark I've developed a 10-minute message because I only have 20. (laughs) We'll see. Um, Really, we're learning how to love and understand one another. That's so important for us to do. I'm just going to say that by itself. But I did want to tell you two things I felt the Lord has been speaking to me way before any of this started. And the first thing he told me was stay the course. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you know to do. And here is one that will catch us all by surprise. You have nothing to fear. You have nothing to worry about. Now, let me explain what I know about the Lord. Anytime the Lord tells me I have nothing to worry about, it's because I have something coming to worry about. Right? He ain't telling me we got smooth sailing. He's equipping me or us for where we are. So crossing a troubled sea, I want to just, I'm going to read this out of Matthew 14. Um, and it's about the storm the disciples found they're sitting themselves in. And it's interesting. This episode is in only three of the gospels and the Matthew gospel is the only one where Jesus is, uh, to, uh, told to walk on waters or that episode of Jesus walking on the water only shows up in one gospel, which I think is quite interesting. So, this takes place. You have to think about how marvelous Jesus is. John the Baptist has been murdered. Jesus goes from his cousin being murdered to healing every sick person he can find. I think it was almost like an act of warfare Jesus was doing. And he goes from there to feeding 5,000 people, really probably 5,000 family groups, from nothing, and when he was through, he had more left over than when they began. And he went from there to telling his disciples, go get on the boat, I'll meet you on the other side. So let's say that together, I'll meet you on the other side. I'll meet you on the other side. And one of the things we need to recognize, there's promise even embedded in Jesus' instructions. I'll see you on the other side, is what he was saying. So here we go. As soon as the people were fed, Jesus told his disciples to get in their boat and to go to the other side of the lake while he stayed behind to dismiss the people. After the crowds dispersed, Jesus went up into the hills to pray. And as night fell, he was there praying alone with God. But the disciples who were now in the middle of the lake ran into trouble for their boat was tossed about by the high winds and heavy seas. At about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them walking on the waves. When the disciples saw him walking on top of the water, they were terrified and screamed, a ghost. Then Jesus said, be brave, 
Don't be afraid. I am here. Peter shouted out, Lord, if it's really you, then have me join on the water. I've always thought about that. If that were a ghost and Peter had said, and the ghost had said it was Jesus, he would have wanted Peter to come out on the water too. Do you ever think about that? That was, anyway, just moving right along. So either, either way, it's risky. Peter shouted that, Lord, if it's really you, then have me join you on the water. Come and join me, Jesus replied. I'm reading from the uh, Passion Translation. Yeah. So Peter stepped onto the water and began to walk toward Jesus. But when he realized how high the waves were, he became frightened and started to sink. Save me, Lord, he cried out. Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and lifted him up and said, what little faith you have, why would you let doubt win? And the very moment they both stepped into the boat, the raging wind ceased. Then all the disciples crouched down before him and worshiped Jesus. They said in adoration, you are truly the son of God. And then I wanted to add to this narrative, one of the, uh, a verse I found in Mark that tells the same story, just not all as complete. It says, then he came closer and climbed into the boat with them, and immediately the stormy wind became still. They were completely and utterly overwhelmed with astonishment because they failed to learn the lesson of the miracle of the loaves, and their hearts were unwilling to learn the lesson. So what we have is Jesus and his 12 disciples have just experienced the remarkable miracle of the feeding of the multitude with um, but 12 loaves and a few fishes. Immediately afterward, Jesus ordered his disciples to get into their boat and go to the other side of the lake. When they followed Jesus' orders and entered the boat that night, they had no idea what was ahead of them. You know, I believe in prophets and prophetic people. I don't remember anybody saying anything about what we've just been through for the last three months. And so there's some things the Lord's not going to tell you until you're in it. And I think, I don't believe he sent this. I don't, I don't go down that road. But I do believe since we're in it, there are things to learn. There really are. We need to pay attention, not just simply try to get through it. Now, they had no idea what was ahead of them. Maybe Jesus did, maybe he didn't. I don't know. It doesn't say. But at least four of the ones in the boat were experienced fishermen. James and John, Andrew and Peter were two sets of brothers who were in the business of catching fish on that very lake and lived on it their entire lives up to this point. Now, one thing I thought was sometimes even past extensive experience doesn't fully equip us for what life throws our way. I think that's one reason we need each other. I think that's a very distinct reason why we need each other. You may not be ready for what's coming. One thing I thought about too was this was not the only storm the disciples experienced in the boat. This was actually the second one. The first storm, Jesus was in the boat, but he was sleeping through the crisis, which tells you a lot about Jesus. But maybe the first one was to prepare him for the second one. Now that's either good news or bad news. I hope there's no second one. But we need to learn everything we can, don't we, 
from what we're going through. Um, we may not be adequate in and of ourselves to navigate current trouble without further skills. So that's the situation Jesus' disciples found themselves in. But it was at least this, an unavoidable opportunity to refine and adopt the skills that Jesus taught. What skills? The skills of basic faith and simple trust. We can have profound and deep revelation. We can know the Bible. We can quote it. We can try to impress people. We can write books on hope and still find ourselves not being quite so hopeful sometime. I know somebody that wrote a book on hope. Now, I never felt hopeless, but I could see it sometimes from where I was. I had my days. But we need to make the most of this opportunity. One of the things I thought about when Jesus made his disciples get into the boat, I mentioned this earlier, that there was a promise built into his instructions. We need to know what Jesus did not say. He did not say, get into the boat, I'll meet you at the bottom of the lake. If Jesus told them they were going to the other side, they were going to the other side. And you know, if Jesus tells us he'll take us through, he's going to take us through. Now, we may feel like we got drugged through uh, the keyhole backwards, but we can count on what he says. That really is basic Christianity. We can simply count on what he says. We may not have all the doctrines right. We may not understand every aspect of what it is to be a believer. But here's what we can know. We can trust him. We can believe him and we can trust him. Yeah, they were going to the other side, not to the bottom. And our getting to our other side may be about learning how to manage our emotions, our fears, and how we respond to what we face. Um, a parallel version of this story is in Mark's gospel. And it, reals, it reveals something, I think, incredible. In Mark 6.48, it says, The wind was against the disciples, and Jesus could see that they were straining at the oars trying to make headway. Now, here's the only problem with that. It was 4 o'clock in the morning, and they were three miles out in the middle of a dark sea. Jesus could supernaturally see and know that his disciples were struggling. He sees our struggles now. He sees our personal struggles. He sees our cultural struggles. It was in the middle of the night. The problem was happening in the dark. How many of you felt like you've been in the dark? Yeah, the problem was happening in the dark. We have been walking through a dark season. This has been a troubled sea. But the Bible tells us, and our experience as we grow in faith can tell us, that Jesus sees all of us and he has solutions. We may have to just keep trusting him until all of these solutions emerge, but he has them. They're available to us if we can simply wait and listen and behave. Like people that love people, right? So they were struggling in the middle of a seven-mile-long lake. Listen, if four fishermen who grew up on that lake were afraid, I would have been afraid. But I felt like the Lord gave me this one phrase. Neither distance nor darkness hinders Jesus' ability to see our condition or to help us. Neither distance nor darkness 
We don't even have to feel in close by for him to help us. Sometimes part of what we suffer is the fact that we don't feel in close by. But whether you feel in close by or whether you don't feel in close by, he's closer than close by to the believer. He's even inside. It's just a matter of believing our beliefs. But neither distance nor darkness hinders Jesus' ability. So here he comes. And they scream out, it's a ghost. They cry out in fear. I would too. I don't know about you. I would too. We can say we wouldn't. I'd rather, I would rather say I would and not than say I wouldn't and do it, right? I'd rather humble myself now instead of getting the, yeah, I'm, I would have been. I wonder who screamed the loudest. I had that idea. I had that thought. Anyway, why wouldn't you be afraid? How would it have ever crossed your minds that Jesus would have come to him on the middle of the ocean? That would have never crossed my mind. If I saw him walking, I'd have, what would you have thought? Really, what would you have thought? But here's another thought. What was intended to comfort them terrorized them. We don't always get it right, even when we see it with our own eyes. We, um, we don't always recognize God or what he's doing, particularly in the midst of times of change and struggle. But he is working something out for everyone's benefit because that's who he is and that's what he does, whether it looks like it or not. That which was sent to help them terrorized them because they didn't understand. And I think I could say this, understanding is terribly overrated. So how does Jesus respond to their frightened cries? In one gospel, he says, be of good cheer, it's I. Another gospel says, be brave and don't be afraid, I'm here. And that same I am was the one Moses was introduced God introduced himself to Moses as the I am, the one who's eternal, who's all-powerful, who can do anything. Jesus used that term. One of them said, don't yield to fear. Have courage. It's really me. And the one my wife likes the best, she and I were talking about this, Donna liked, um, don't be afraid. You know who I am. Don't be afraid. You know who I am, meaning you can trust me. Dial it down. Love yourself more. How many of you know sometimes when you do stupid stuff, you really do need to then love yourself more than ever? You need to cut yourself some slack. How how many people in here are hard on yourselves? Anybody in here? Well, stop. (laughs) Let me ask you this. Does it work? Does it help? No. No. Man, human condition, does it help? No. Do you do it? Yes. Are you going to stop? Probably not. (laughs) So Peter shouts out, Lord, if it's really you, then have me join you on the water. And so Jesus says, come on. One of the Passion Translations says, Jesus said, go for it. (laughs) Okay, yeah. So Peter stepped out on the water and he began to walk on the sea. And then there's a pretty 
plain understanding as to what happened. When he realized how high the waves were, he became frightened and started to sink. Save me, Lord, he cried out. Jesus immediately stretched out his hand, lifted him up. But he did say this, what little faith you have, why would you let doubt win? For Jesus to have said that, logic says Jesus believed it was possible for a man like Peter or someone like me or you to not doubt and to go ahead and walk. Or Jesus would have responded to him to him differently. Maybe we can do more than we think. I know Jesus believes that. That's why he talked to Peter that way. What little faith you had. Why would you let doubt win? But here's the remarkable thing. Peter did walk on the water. Some people say he didn't walk on the water. He walked on the word come that Jesus told him to do. Come. That's an idea. Something to think about. I don't know. But here's what I know he needed to do. He needed to keep his eyes on Jesus and not on the circumstance. And another thing that struck me, Jesus could sustain both his weight and Peter's weight while standing on the water. That's so remarkable. Not only Jesus' own weight, but he pulled Peter up standing on the water. Mark 14.32 says, In the very moment they both stepped into the boat, the raging winds ceased. Let's just see this. Jesus gives us peace in the middle of the storms. We can have peace even if the storms continue. Just because we're in a storm doesn't mean a storm has to be in us. And I really believe that's what the Lord wants to help us do. That we, we don't have to reflect our circumstances. That we can, and, and obviously won't, we don't start here, but we can be people who, even though the winds are blowing, even though the waves are towering, that storm doesn't have to be our storm. We can behave, I mean, yes, yeah, somebody needs to be confident and peaceful when the world's collapsing. I want to be one of those people. How about you? I do. I want to be one of those people. Hey, by nature, I'm not. By nature, I'm not. But I have access. I have access to the nature of God. I have access to the nature of Jesus. And I can learn through process what it is to stand in difficult times. And so can you. So another portion, and this sort of concludes this, when Jesus got into the boat, they were instantly transported to the other side. There's some several very supernatural things mentioned in here. And Jesus climbed into the boat with them. I've often wondered, you know, the Bible says at that point, Jesus acted like he was going to walk right by them until they started screaming. I wondered sometimes if Jesus is really just waiting us to invite him into our situation. Never forget that. Never assume. I was reading last night, I think in Colossians, where Paul says, tell God every detail of your life. And I thought, that's stupid. Well, then I thought, well, Paul said it. Why not give it a shot? And I started talking to the Lord. I told him my whole day. I really felt a lot better. 
I think there's really something more to it than we recognize. I mean, we think prayer is pounding heaven for this or that. What if it's just developing a relationship with God? And it's hard to do if you don't talk to him. It is. Now, another thing that happened was Jesus told the disciples they should have learned a lesson with the multiplication of the bread that would have sustained them in the problem in the ocean. And the only thing I can get from that is this. No matter what the situation is, God always has more than enough to help us. And that was the lesson I think they were supposed to have learned in that boat. But I think that's a hard lesson to learn. How about you? Nevertheless, we can learn it. We've got to give ourselves to it. So, here's what I think God's doing. He's shown us we need to deal with racism in our hearts. He's showing us that fear and negativity is our true enemy, not another race, not another people group. It's really a demonic, it has demonic roots. We wrestle not against people, flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and evil forces in high places that want to destroy our country. The power of simple trust and simple faith is one thing God wants to do. Power of love and acceptance. And what we do as individuals and what we do as churches speaks louder than the words, particularly of self-righteous denunciation of others that can proliferate social media. You know, at the end of the day, what have you done? We help this church across the parking lot. We have people here today, not even part of our church that helped. That's what we tried to do. I knew, that's a long story, I don't want to get into it, but you as a church have done things you may not even know you've done because we've helped a tremendous uh, pair of pastors, James and Tara Scott. You know, we needed a miracle to get in here, right? And we got some. Trust me, this place cost, cost us twice to get in than we had in the bank and nobody would loan us any money. But it came. And then God gave us the great privilege of being part of their miracle. Part of their miracle. So that's what we need to realize. And I read this on Richard Rohr's website. Mother Teresa diagnosed the world's ills this way. We've just forgotten that we belong to each other. Kinship is what happens to us when we refuse to let that happen. With kinship as the goal, other essential things fall into place. Without it, no justice, no peace. I suspect that were kinship our goal, we would no longer be promoting justice. We would be celebrating it. Often we strike the high moral distance that separates us from them. And yet it is God's dream come true when we recognize there exists no daylight between us. Serving others is good. It's a start, but it's just the hallway that leads to the grand ballroom. Kinship, not serving the other, but being one with the other. Jesus was not a man for others. He was one with them. And there's a world of difference in that. Amen. Oh, man, I went two minutes over. Oh, now it's three. I better stop. Why don't we stand and I'll pray and...
if you remember to exit by these doors here, if you have a, want to put in an offering in an envelope, we have them in three locations. And if you want to hang out with people, you probably ought to try to go on out in the yard. We've got to clean up a little bit and other people are coming in. So, Father, thank you so much for these people. Thank you so much that you care about us. Thank you so much that you care about our nation. Lord, your kingdom come in Charlotte, in the Carolinas. Your will be done here on earth just as it is in heaven. We pray a blessing, Lord, on every tribe and tongue and nation. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church.